are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Well, the angels proclaim good news of great joy for all the people. That's what the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2. In the Christian tradition, we understand this good news to mean that we are forgiven, that we are loved by God, and that God is always with us, that God has come to be with us and to lead us forward into something new and something better. But there's part of that good news proclamation that we might not get if we're not paying attention. It says the good news of great joy for all the people. Sometimes, sadly, in the history of the church, we've tried to put a box around that and make it only for some people. The reality is Jesus tried to make it clear in his life, in his ministries, that God's good news of love is for all people. And there's several ways that we can see that. The good news is for poor people. According to Luke's gospel, you just turn a few more pages forward. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus began his ministry by quoting the prophet Isaiah and saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. It's the first sermon Jesus offers according to Luke's gospel. And he says God has anointed him to bring good news to the poor, people who weren't used to getting much of any good news back in those days and sadly still today. And this message to, of good news for the poor, it's embodied in the way Jesus was born. He was born and the first ones to see it, to experience it, were shepherds. Jesus wasn't born in a fancy religious place. He wasn't born in the center of political and economic power. He was born in a remote corner of the empire. The shepherds, poor shepherds, they were the first ones to hear it. The good news is for poor people. The good news is also for forgotten people. Throughout his ministry, Jesus cared not only for poor people, but for those who'd been ignored, those who were outcasts, sick people, foreign people, women and children who were considered second-class citizens back in the day. Jesus had a way of involving everyone, of making everyone feel valued and, and hearing the message that they were beloved children of God. Those of us who've been reading a little devotional by John Pavlovich called Low have been seeing that as he talks about how Jesus came and was low with humanity, welcoming people, everyone. And we see that in the news as well. Just a few days ago, singer-songwriter Amy Grant was in the news. She shared the news that she'll make her beautiful farm available for her niece's wedding, her niece's wedding to another woman. Amy Grant said this is the first bride-bride wedding that she's hosted at her farm, and she's excited about it. There was some predictable criticism from the more traditional view, uh, perspectives of the church, people like Franklin Graham and others, but in a hopeful sign of progress, the response has been overwhelmingly positive to this news within the church and in the, and the world. For too long, LGBTQ people have been marginalized and disdained by 
Christians and too many others. According to Grant, she's come around and has seen things differently. She um, quoted an article and just said, Jesus, you just had a way to narrowing it down to two things, loving God and loving each other. That's pretty simple. So she seems to have gotten the message. I'm glad for her. And we're slowly getting it ourselves. So the good news is for all people. It's for poor people. It's for forgotten people. It's also for religious people, right? For religious people. Um, Jesus had some hard words for the Pharisees, for the religious leaders of his day. And you might think that he didn't like the religious people, but he did. He stayed with them. He was persistent with them, trying to encourage them and call them back. And at the same time, the good news is for non-religious people as well. doesn't really matter. It's all good. The most common adjective to describe God's love in the Bible is the adjective steadfast. Steadfast. And to me, that means strong, firm, unwavering. God's love for the world is steadfast. God's steadfast love shall endure forever, we're told over and over again in the scripture. God's love is steadfast for those of us who are church all the time and for those of us who come to church once a year, maybe. God's love is steadfast for people who are active members of religious communities and for people who've never set foot in a church, a mosque, a synagogue, or whatever. God's love is there for all of us. It's not a prize we win for good religious behavior or good church attendance. It's a gift. God's love is a gift, and it's for all of us. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, another scripture reading that we often hear on Christmas Eve, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all. I just think sometimes we just miss that. We miss that it's for all sorts of people. And maybe hardest to get of all of this is that this is good news for us. That God's love is for us. I'm guessing that the people who tend to come to church on Christmas Eve tend to be on the side of the spectrum of people who are good and kind and caring and trying to make other people's lives better, right? We do that a lot. We're good at sharing. We're good at being nice. We're trying to help other people. But sometimes the people who spend their lives Caring for others, giving to others, have a hard time receiving care and receiving gifts at the same time. Bishop Will Willimon wrote about this several years ago, saying, We prefer to think of ourselves as givers, powerful, competent, self-sufficient, capable people whose goodness motivates us to employ some of our power, competence, and gifts to benefit the less fortunate. It's almost like we want to be in control and be the givers and be the nice people. And that's not a bad thing. We constantly encourage people in this church to go out and be kind and gracious and nice and generous in all sorts of ways. But if we do that at the expense of ourselves, we're missing something. God's love is a gift for the world, and God's gift of love is for us. We didn't earn it, and we can't make it happen, and we can't control it. All we can do is receive it. God's love is for us. And maybe it brings healing. Maybe it brings strength. Maybe it brings hope. Maybe it brings a fresh start, a new beginning. Bishop Willimon continues, God wanted to do something for us so strange, so utterly beyond the bounds of human imagination, so foreign to human projection, 
that God had to resort to angels, pregnant virgins, and stars in the sky to get it done. We didn't think of it, understand it, or approve it. All we could do at Bethlehem was receive it, a gift from a God we hardly even knew. Sometimes in the flurry of Christmas time, we forget. We forget the gift is for us, and sometimes we have a hard time receiving that gift. The gift that God loves each and every one of us. So friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel, the good news of great joy for all the people. In Jesus Christ, God's kingdom has come. The Savior is born. The light shines in the darkness. God loves the world. And God loves each of us. Thanks be to God. Merry Christmas.